We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 1.5 of the Bro You Know podcast. As usual, I'm with your co-host, Crippled2. Yeah, hello. One, one point five. We're unique. We're not go. We're not going with the second type episode two. We're going one point five. We're edgy. We're cool. We're trendy. Repeat that. We're edgy. We're cool. We're trendy. Nice. Let's go. Trade um, special, boys and girls. Yes, as uh, Cripple Two said, trade special. Um, loads and loads of big trades but also um very um loads of trades obviously as the trade deadline today um didn't make it obvious there are loads of trades um we'll go into the first one yeah and probably the biggest one of them all now get ready for this if you haven't heard it before i'm listening although i do know the trade tobias harris yes boban this was the trade deadline but, yeah. I know, but I'm saying it so everyone hasn't listened to it yet. Uh, Tobias Harris, Boban Marjanovic, and Mike Scott. Boban! Tallest player in the NBA. He'll Heavy be actually... In the NBA. Uh, we'll get on to him in a second, but... Uh, seven foot seven. For Landry Shamit, Wilson Chandler, Mike Muscala, 2020 first round, and 2021 first round unprotected. Unprotected. Wow. I mean... Yes, via M- Miami, yes, I just remembered. Right. Uh, Cripple 2, opinions on uh, that. Okay, so, this move tells me to three things. Shooting, shooting, shooting for Philadelphia, and cap space, cap space, and more. And a lot of cap space. Okay. Yeah, because for the, clip, for the Clippers, it's about, about to have a situation with expiring contract, rookie contracts, where you have that situation where I think the Clippers won the trade because I don't see Tobias Harris as... I, I see him as... The, the, the guy at Tobias Harris has improved year after year, year after year. And in Orlando, you could see he had potential. And in Detroit... He arguably was the best player on that team when Drummond had had his spell. But he has improved year after year statistically. And he probably is the most efficient small forward slash power forward. He's a tweener. We love tweener in modern NBA in the modern NBA because they can shoot, they can defend. Whatever. Three and D baby. Uh, although although he's not a very good defender. So shooting is on point though. 43% yeah, from three. Right. 43% from three. And I think something crazy from um, from three as well, but let, let, let's leave it at that. But for LA, going back to LA, it creates a situation where LA can offer two super max deals two. and max deal. So imagine, and it creates a situation where... The Clips now become an option. With, with the Clippers, when you think of Los Angeles, you think of the Lakers. But recently, with what the Clippers are doing, and with basketball funding products, is that they've been marketing the Clippers around LA, and especially the, the more disadvantaged parts of LA. So, so meaning that with the youth, the, the, they, they know the Clippers, and it's not a one 
team like show when it when considering basketball and i just think that jerry west i can't remember the best executive in the world what best executive in the world yes um and doc rivers them three are changing the perception of la basketball and i think that if you're going into a pitch with the clippers it's kind of obvious what what they can offer you. They said we can't offer you the Hollywood Tinseltown vibe of of the Lakers, but we can build this team around those two Supermax players and just care for you as a franchise and push the Clippers initiative and make the Clippers purely basketball-wise the best option in LA. Um, my point of view on this trade, um, for both... Cl- and, can I just say, but my point for the 76 is, it just surrounds... It puts... If you have a starting lineup of Ben Simmons, JJ Reddick, Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid, that creates... Death lineup. A- Four players that can create their own off, create their own offense, and keep the ball moving within Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, and it just creates this flow of offense with open shots. Because if you're if you're going to defend Butler, and you and and on the open three, you're going to have to double team Reddick. Because Reddick is probably a top three shooter in the NBA behind Clay and Steph Curry, um, but, and then you're going to leave Tobias Harris, and then it just creates bit, and then it just helps Ben Simmons' development because, and then we can see Ben Simmons develop as not only the passer but that general building block for him as that core that links all the offense together and you're still going to have Joel Embiid taking nearly nearly all leading this team in shots and you're just going to create the inside presence of Joel Embiid you're going to have Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler on the offense that can create their own offense you're going to have Ben Simmons okay um like being the maestro of all this offense and then, of course, you have JJ Reddick coming off the double screen on the left and right side. And, of course, you're, you're going to have to double-team him. And it's going to create more op- open shots for, for a much more offense within a more guided flow. But also what I find interesting is that now this proves... This has to prove two things for me. This proves that Elton Brand is probably going to get... Uh, GM of the year because his first year as the GM Amazing. and it's already brought Jimmy Butler and if he can re-sign um, Tobias Harris to not a max deal but close to a max deal he's actually planning to that, that Tobias Harris has played I think has has inherited him the talk of going for a max deal but I think Elton Brown's going to get GM of the year. Also, 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 this shows to to us that with now the firepower that Brett Brown has, 
with now the bench being reinforced by Mike Scott, a guy who could shoot threes, Boban being the backup centre, or even the third-choice centre if Justin Patton recovers. But everything is looking good in Philadelphia. My only real big question is, can Brett Brown coach this team to be a legitimate title threat and threat in the East? Now it's my part. So, three things I want to point out. First of all, the fact that Elton Brown wants to re-sign every... Well, not every single, but four of the players um, for a max at least. Second of all, I believe for both Philadelphia and Clippers, this is a trade. Philadelphia, obviously, because they now have created, at the moment, one of the best lineups you could probably have. You have... Ben Simmons at point. You've got J.J. Redick, who's a shooting mastermind from three especially. You've got Tobias Harris at small forward, who is absolutely amazing from three right now, 43 or 42%. Then you've got Powell. His offense as a flow is just going to help this team. Your power forward is... Oh, damn. No, uh, Jimmy Butler small forward. Yes, that's what I, that's what I forgot. Power forward. And then, obviously, you've got center Joel Embiid. I mean, as a Warriors fan, I'm scared. Like, we're playing them in March, and I just don't want to be blown out by this team right now. Especially with... Of course, uh, you're, of course you're not going to get blown out by this team. What you should be more worried about is the Clippers being an option for Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Durant, Durant yeah. and Clay Thompson. Because Kevin... Well, I think Clay Thompson's more on the leaning to the side of Lakers, especially yeah, after but, their game. But the thing is, the Clippers situation aside, I just think that that Philadelphia team has now the firepower to be the best team in in the East. I don't think that 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 they are now going to go on an unbeaten run for the next twenty games and bec- and um become the the first seed the first seed because I think I think Milwaukee have now got that first seed on lock unless a terrible injury happens to Giannis and Giannis misses out the rest of the year which would be unfortunate which would be unfortunate um touch wood that doesn't happen uh but and that's the only way I see um Milwaukee losing the first seed now 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 with the Clippers, um, and I just, I just think, where well, you're really going to see the impact of this trade is in the off season and not currently. Yeah. Because I I, they're going to have to have four or five to six weeks to figure out this four-man beast of an offense that they've got. Because although Ben Simmons doesn't shoot, he still has to be the number one priority when it comes to touches. Then it has, then it. Then it has to be Joel Embiid who has to have the most shots. Then Jimmy Butler who has to be the best defender, and then Tobias Harris has to be that that player that links it all together. And JJ Redick just being JJ Redick is a presence on court, so I'm not worried about him at all. But it's going to take a few weeks to fit to figure out this offense for Philadelphia. Uh, let's move on to the next trade. So, um, just came in uh, quite recently, actually. Um, Toronto getting Mark Gasol and sending away Jonas Valanciunas, Dillon Wright, CJ Miles, and a 2024 second round pick. Cripple 2, over to you. 
Right. When I look at this trade, I am of two mindsets. I, I am saying... The thing is, it's definitely an upgrade at the centre position. Um, if you could, if you look at Margasol and Jonas Valanciunas, Margasol is probably the modern day centre that you want. He can shoot the three all right from three. He can defend. He can shoot from just about anywhere, and he can create his own offence. And he's still one of the best passing bigs, apart from Nikola Jokic, in the league. And that's a definite improvement from Jonas Valanciunas, who really only brought his passing and his defence to the role. But if you look at the key pieces that they've lost on that bench, you've lost Delon Wright, who is a point who is probably the third string point guard, but he, he is a leader on that team. You've got CJ Miles, who's a defender and a three point shooter for that team. I just really think that and I just really think that they've lost key rotation pieces in this deal. And if you look at statistically, the best Toronto lineup is with Siakam, who Siakam... Best season he, right now. What a season. He is my most improved player. He, he reminds me so much of a young, young Draymond Green. And I'm not talking about the Draymond Green now. I'm talking about when Draymond, Draymond Green became, had that one outstanding season where he was defensive, where he showed he was probably the best defensive player in the league and a tremendous passer. Siakam is kind of a much bigger, thinner Draymond because I, I honestly think Siakam get, next year is probably the second best defender in the league. He, he's he's already a, a fantastic rebounder, and he's already a brilliant passer. They've kind of moulded him to be that next Raymond. Now, his offence is a bit questionable, because his three-point shot's not always there, but his inside presence is such a presence to have. Uh, uh, but, if and if you look at their best lineup, it has been with Siakam at power forward, and... Serge Ibaka centre. Now I don't. And I think that will change right now. I think Mark Gasol probably at centre right now. Not exactly because. Well, you can't put Mark Gasol on the bench if you think about it. <sighs> no, because the thing is with Ibaka, he brings elite defence and elite rebounding. And if you look at their best statistical lineup, it's with Siakam. It's with Siakam at power forward, and you don't want to stop. Because the thing is, if they want Marcus on the starting lineup, you're gonna have to swap Ibaka for because Ibaka cannot be on the bench. So Siakam being on the bench, and you don't want to stop his development because his development has been the one key key thing to their success. And I just think that the defense that Marcus brings in terms of Ibaka, there's no question. Like, and the fact is that Marcus is 35 years old. May I just remind you that. And Ibaka is, is 31 years old. And can still go. Margasol. He's the modern day centre. But. He's not the superstar that he was. In, Mem in Memphis. That he was about three years ago. When he had his best season. And he single handedly carried. That Memphis team. 
with a broken down Mike Conley to the sixth seed in the West about three years ago. They're not the same team. Honestly, we'll have to see what Nick Nurse does with that lineup because if he tests but, out with Marc Gasol and if he believes that it, imp- it improves how the lineup works, then he will stick with him. But honestly, like you said, I I don't exactly think that will work, especially because Pascal Siakam is having the season of his career right now and, as you said, don't want to stop that flow. Um, and also that they've lost key bench leaders and just extra shooters that they have on the bench. The more I look on this team is... is that the more they're relying on Kawhi Leonard and the fact is they started off brilliantly because they had a system where they didn't need to rely on Kawhi Leonard. And now, as the season's going on, that they are... They are relying him on more and more. And they're coming a bit inconsistent. And inconsistent because they're relying too much on Kawhi Leonard. And Kawhi... Because the the fact is, the reason why Kawhi played so well at the start of the season and was probably the MVP for the first three weeks of the season is that he didn't play every game. He didn't have to put 100% effort in. He he came in, scored about 27 to 34 points on the nights that they needed him against big teams. And he defended, and he was still the best defender there. But they had a system where Siakam, Ibaka came in and did their jobs. And it worked as a team. But now that they've lost key leaders and bench roles and shooters, it's just going to affect the, affect the team around. And I just think that at the start of the season, Toronto, for the first month of the season... Toronto and three months of the first month of the third month was the best team in the NBA. And they're probably the second, they're probably about the third best team in the East because I've I've now got Boston and the Philadelphia 76 over Toronto. I just think that they're slowly becoming inconsistent and are, are slowly relying too much on Kawhi Leonard. Um... My opinion on this, I think for Toronto it's a bit strange because signing a centre when right now their front court is probably as best as it can be right now is slightly risky and taking off, like you said, Pascal Siakam is, it's it's not ideal at the moment. Um, and, and, and them losing key bench players. With- yes, losing key bench players. Uh, for... The Grizzlies with the bench players, I think that might help them slightly. But overall, I I don't agree with the trade. I don't, I, I don't, I, I don't no. I just think that they're going into tank mode I, because I, they, they they know they've got an all NBA type player of, in Jaron Jackson Jr. who so much reminds me of Anthony Davis. It's crazy. If you look at Jaron Jackson Jr. and the way he plays. He reminds me of a young Anthony Davis, and I cannot wait to see the same progression that you have with Anthony Davis that you now have in Jaron Jackson Jr. I th- I honestly think that Jaron Jackson Jr., although he's only putting up 12 points, he's, he's for me, he's having the third best rookie season. 12 points, nearly 8 rebounds, and nearly th- 3 assists. And he's shooting really well from three. 
he's like that power forward that you just want that can do everything. And if you develop him a bit more, now that Mangasol's gone, he he can transition over to center. And I just think it's a good development. Now, now that they've got rid of Gasol, do they get? I wish they got rid of Mike Conley because that then this team could go on full tank and get top five pick. But now that Mike Conley's there, but I just read reports from Wojnarowski, our good friend, although he doesn't know us. We'll shout him out later on. But um, but he he's just tweeted out that uh, Mike Conley has stayed because he is a mentor role to Jaron Jackson Jr. and they still need a mentor for all these young guys that they've brought in from the Marcus Old trade. Um, let's move on to the next trade. But before we move on to the next trade, I have some uh, serious news that might uh, you might have an opinion on. What? Um one of your favourite players, I think, to talk about, Ennis Cantor, who's having a recent problem at the moment. Uh, right, not Ennis, mention. Ennis Cantor. I, I, I only like talking about it because I'm a fan of politics. And yeah. uh, wait for it. Yes. You ready? You ready? Yeah. Um, the Knicks are releasing Ennis Cantor. Uh, it has been confirmed by uh, Wojnarowski. Yeah, but the, th- the, th- the thing is, if you look at his contract, he's earning $20 million. He's he's probably the most overpaid player in the NBA ever since Joakim Noah, and the 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 fact is that Ines Kana is a starting centre, but he he is only a post presence. He can't defend. He he can only rebound, and he can't do much else. And the reason why everyone is happy with him and supporting him at the moment is because of his situation with the Turkish government. But I just think that he's a, he's a really kind man and stuff from the interviews that you've heard. But basketball-wise, I just think for $20 million a season, because his full contract is a two-year, is a one-year contract where earns $20 million, there's a player option. And then from his player option, if he accepts it, he can earn another $15 million, which would make him the most... I just think for a player that doesn't play, giving him twenty million a season is such a wrong move, and I think the Knicks have done very well in positioning themselves to now potentially offer two supermaxes, maybe even three if they clear more cap space. Um, let's move on to something that you might like to talk about because he is uh, or was in New Orleans. Uh, the three-team trade of Pelicans, Pistons, and the Bucks. Uh, let me just review that. Miritich to Milwaukee. Stanley Johnson, who's been traded uh, from Detroit as well, um, for Thon Maker. Uh, he uh, went... Stanley Johnson, I feel sorry for you, man. You just get traded for in two times in 24 hours. You, 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 land f- you land from Detroit to Milwaukee. From Milwaukee, you're told to wait there in the office while they call up and they cancel your apartment, and and and, the, and then you're you're headed off to um, New Orleans. New Orleans, that's crazy. He's probably relocated because he's probably relocated his baby and his baby with mama, his baby, yeah, baby. Because the thing is that these Detroit Pistons players cannot, like, like they keep having babies with <laughs> strippers. It's a it's a problem. Dr- Dr- Drummond. Has two babies. He doesn't even know the mums too. Stanley Johnson the same. 
but at least, but at least he's caring for his child, unlike Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond, you get the worst father of the year award. Well done, Cripple Two. Well done. Yeah. Um, anyway, I just feel so, sorry for Stanley Johnson, but then again, for the incident that happened earlier this year, he deserves it. Um. Uh, as I was saying for the New Orleans trade, Stanley Johnson and Jason Smith. And for Detroit, um, just multiple second round picks. Uh, your opinion I know, on it? I, know, I, know, I just think for, for Detroit at the moment, I just don't think they have an identity. They have Bl- Blake Griffin there, and they have Andre Drummond. It's clearly not worked out. Blake Dr- Griffin will probably ask for a trade in the summer. And the Detroit Pistons, if you're Detroit Pistons fans... It, it's just annoying for you guys because you don't have a clear identity and that franchise is just drifting in like the grey area. Do you believe they should tank? Yeah, but to tank they would they would they would need to trade their three players that that are taking up huge amounts of their contracts. You've got Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond and Reggie Jackson. Who is- Reggie Jackson is the most overrated a point guard in the NBA. If we talk about Andre Drummond, I think, well, depending on what his contract, if it's something quite high, I don't think he is living up to it at the moment, if you think about it. The thing, the thing is, Andre Drummond of three years ago, the best rebounder in the NBA and probably one of the best defensive players in the NBA. He's poor, and I still think he, he can be a max player. I don't think a super... Like, the Andre Drummond of two years ago maybe was a super max player, but I don't think he is now. Blake Griffin, if he finds a way to be effective on both the offense and the... The thing is with Blake Griffin, he's inconsistent. One year, he's tremendous on offense. And then one year, he's tremendous on defense. But he can't do both. And I just think he either needs to decide to become a power forward or a small forward. He needs to decide because he's... Like, in the NBA, it's good to be a tweener that you can play both small forward and power forward decisions. But the thing is, with Blake Griffin, it's, it's the f- he's not even a good tweener, because to be a good tweener, you need to be a good defender, you need to be a good shooter, and you need to be a good overall player in the post. And you just need to bring the defense of three-point shooting, and then the, and then the t- t- tenacity. And I don't think he... He only brings two out of the three, or even one out of the three. I just think Blake Griffin is slowly, slowly go, going down the road of irrelevancy. Um, I'll move on to the unfortunate... Tra- well, it may be unfortunate, but it's sad for Harrison Barnes. Um, um, did, did we did we um, talk about um, Nikola Mirotic? Because Nikola Mirotic is going to be an extra shooter for um, probably Milwaukee. the best team in the NBA apart from the Warriors in the Milwaukee Bucks. This just puts an extra shooter and an extra offense next to Giannis because that system is built around Giannis being the player that he is and just passing out to shooters. That The thing is, what the Milwaukee Bucks have done should have been what the Lakers did over the summer because the Lakers should have traded all their young, all their, not all their young guys, but all their playmakers that like their Lonzo Bulls and all the players that need the ball because the fact is in that system you just want LeBron with the ball and LeBron to pass it out for the quick shoot 
And I, th- and I think that's what M- Milwaukee's done really well. And the coach they've got in, in Mike Budenholzer, has actually played to the strength... Coach of the year. Of, coach of the year. Has played to the strengths of Giannis and the, that Milwaukee team. And, yeah. Now, the big thing, though, about Miritich joining the Milwaukee is the fact that who would he replace or would he replace anyone in the starting lineup? Because they're starting lineup right now. Eric Bledsoe in point guard, Malcolm Brogdon in shooting guard, Chris Middleton small forward, Giannis power forward, and Brook Lopez center. No, he's an extra shoe off the bench because if you look at that <coughs> ben, <coughs> bench unit, you've got Pat Connington, you've got um, Sterling Brown, um, who are really good three-point shooters. And if you just add an extra offensive player, Miritich, on the bench, that bench is looking really good because one complaint that the Milwaukee Bucks had is that they've had a great system and a great starting lineup. But is that bench good enough with the shooting to still revolve around Giannis and still revolve ar- around the cap- the quick the quick pace, catch and shoot that Budenholzer has put in place? And I think it just adds extra uh, development for 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 the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, my overall view um, for Milwaukee definitely that's a bonus um, having Miritich on their team as a it's very just an good extra shooter. As a very good, he's quite a good three point shooter as well, to be honest. Yeah. Um, for the rest of the teams, I don't think it's anything major. Uh, obviously, feel sorry for Stanley Johnson for having to travel a lot. Um, and yeah, but over- he kind of deserves it after what he's do- done to... Uh, any- anybody can have an opinion different way. Um, no, oh, no it's, it's just that the crippled one doesn't want to have such a controversial opinion. But uh, I'm ready for the controversy. <laughs> I'm crippled too. Um... I'll give you the overview of the next trade. Otto Porter to Bulls for Jabari Parker and Bobby Portis. Right, the start of the Wizards tanking. Um, Jabari Parker has been a fail in Chicago. Um, was meant to be the sec- that second piece of Zach Levine and Laurie Markkinen. Didn't work out. Um, and I think Jabari Parker can... It's unfortunate because Jabari Parker looked so good with the Milwaukee Bucks in his first 20 minutes gets injured and even Co- even Kobe trained with him to get him back up to level and that one season that he was 75% healthy from for about 50% of the season he looked like an all-star where he was putting up 23 points a game like and, ele- and 12 rebounds and he was looking like the, that great side piece like, he looked the Clay Thompson to your Stephen Curry or your Kyrie Irving to your LeBron. He looked that good. And I, th- and I think after the, after the second major injury, I, I, ju- I just think that he needed a change of scenery. And I just think the injuries have now caught up with him because he wasn't able to, ch- to change much in Chicago and he wasn't able to be that small forward because he's not really a tweener. He's mostly a powerful, mostly a, a traditional power forward that can extend to the three. But he's not mobile enough to be a small forward, and I think that's the general problem. But then again, 
he was coached by Fred Hoiberg and then Jim Boylan, which Jim Boylan, although he this is his second time being an NBA head coach, is the worst head coach I've seen skill-wise. Fire Jim Boylan. You mentioned Zach Levine, who I think as well is... Uh, He's fallen prospect. off a cliff ever since the first two months of the NBA season. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say that... Uh, for he had the, such a good start. Yeah, for the beginning. He looked like saying, the most improved player. Yeah, he, most improved, he, I was going to say. He looked, he looked like what James Harden did in the season. Because the season after he got traded to Houston, nobody expected the sixth man of the year in in James Harden, to go from a sixth man to probably an MVP-level player in about four months. And the way that Zach Levine was playing, he was playing like an all-star. He was playing like a potential MVP candidate two or three years down the line. And I just think Chicago uh, are now probably regretting giving him that big $22 million contract in the off season, and I just think that was a mistake. But, but now that Laurie Markinen is back, Laurie Markinen has had back to back twenty five plus points, uh, tri- um, not triple doubles, but uh, games where he has looked impressive as the sole power forward, and I think that is the future of of that Chicago team. Unless they get Anthony Davis, we will get onto that later on. Um, next trade, uh, Reggie Bullock. You, you before we started, you said that it was quite good for the Lakers. Uh, Reggie yes, Bullock. It's, it's a good trade because, because from my opinion, and as, as I said, with the Milwaukee stuff, the Lakers should at the start of the season build that team around LeBron with shooters instead of getting your Rajon Rondos. Still keeping your. Uh, Rajon uh, Lonzo Bulls, guys that need the and Brandon Ingram that need the ball to be effective, and in a system where LeBron and a fast-paced system like that, LeBron is not going to adapt. What the Lakers needed to do, they needed to get players more like Lance Stevenson, who can slow the pace down to LeBron's pace and can just shoot around LeBron. So if LeBron's domination does not work a bit like Giannis is, he can just pass it out for the open three. I think that's how the Lakers should have built their system, but I think that now they've realised that, and they've traded, um, they've, yeah, they've traded for the deal? Um, they traded for, uh, tr- um, uh, what was it? Zubak and... As, no, they didn't trade for Zubak. They traded for uh, Svaya Tosla Mikaliuk. Yeah. yeah, but the thing is with Simon whatever his name is, he was a good shooter, but Reggie Bullock is more of a defender, but also a good shooter. And that's what you need around LeBron. And, and I think the Lakers are only realising that now. And if the Lakers... Because I think the best person you can put with LeBron is Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson and LeBron, that can go down as a better pairing um, than Kyrie and LeBron. Because the th- because Clay Thompson does not need to dribble the ball. He can create his offense within five seconds and within and within one dribble, um, which is is a testament to Clay Thompson. 
probably being the second greatest shooter of all time. But no, actually third, behind Ray Allen and Steph Curry. Um, my overall view on this, I want to point out, with with the whole Lakers situation, right now, I do not think that they will get into the playoffs. That is a bold statement. Yes, I know. But they're the, 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 the eighth. No, they're the seventh. They're the seventh seed right now. The eighth seed because the Kings are fighting for a place to get into the eighth seed. And right now, with how the Kings have been playing, I think they have a chance to get into that eighth seed. No, the, the Kings are on a two-game losing streak. But they faced Houston and they faced... They faced Philadelphia and won against them for by quite a bit, if you think about it. Yeah, but they've lost to Houston, which... Um, overall, their coaching isn't at the moment working, I don't think. And... Uh, I honestly think at the end of the season you're going to get Luke Walton replaced by, prob- by probably Byron Scott or who is a Laker legend coach or Phil Jackson who is another Laker legend coach and uh, or you get Mike D'Antoni from Houston over to LA. I, I think he definitely needs to be replaced because I don't think Luke Walton at the moment... I mean, no doubt about it, he is quite a good coach but, but at the this, moment it's not but, working. But, but but will you agree on me on this? That the Lakers went into this season... As very hot prospects. No, not with hot prospects, but what I mean is that, that they had the wrong system around LeBron. Do you agree with me on that? Yeah, because the, the young they, players, they, they aren't mature, they aren't well-developed enough to play around LeBron, and he's sort of carrying that team like he did with the Cavaliers. Yeah, no, but no, but do you, do you think it was also a mistake to get so many playmakers around LeBron instead of shooters? Well, of course, because you need a, a different range of players. You need, like you said, playmakers, shooters, um, defenders. But, but with with a guy like LeBron and Giannis, you need shoot you you strictly need shooters around them to make them effective. And that's why Milwaukee works right now. Yeah. Um. Let's move on to the next one. Um, the Mark, Otto Porter trade. Uh, we've talked about that, I think. No, no, yeah, yeah, only from the Chicago side. And But the thing is, this shows that Washington will eventually rebuild because Otto Porter is a massive contract. He is slightly overpaid, but he does what he does very well. But he, he doesn't deserve a $25 million contract a year. But he defends, he shoots, and he just does everything well. I think he's like a Trevor Ariza. Yeah, he's kind of that mini Trevor Ariza, but he's not as good as Trevor. He's a younger Trevor Ariza, that's what I put put it as. But I think that him as a player just shows he's kind of what the, the Bulls wanted Jabari to be. If you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I I just think that this just shows that Washington are getting ready to rebuild. And as soon as John Wall is ready, they will probably trade John Wall or Bradley Beal or both to start their rebuild. Um, now, on to the next trade. I think we've a trade it. that has happened literally before the trade deadline, according to Wojnarowski. Um, Markel Fultz. Mar- oh, Markel Fultz, what a story. Let me explain. Um, Markel Fultz, he has been moved to Magic, 
Orlando Magic for Jonathan Simmons, a first round pick and a second round pick. Opinion straight away. Right. A guy who um, was on one of the worst college teams. I, I don't... I still think he was the top five pick in that draft. I still think he was the he was probably Bust. the number one point guard skill wise. But if but he developed a condition in his shoulder, which meant that the neuro the neurons w- weren't getting to his muscles, so he lost all muscle memory of a shooting technique, and therefore, as as a result, that affected the way he played. And we've seen it, and I don't think he's an overhyped. I just think he needs to get past this muscle memory thing, and a change of scenery will help him do that. And I think it was a matter of time before the trade happened. But also what I, I want to point out is uh, Jonathan Simmons. Very good pickup, I think. Very good pickup. A shooting guard that can't shoot. He <laughs> but can very- drive very well. What? He can drive quite well to the uh, into He can the drive paint. very well. He's kind of a unathletic Ben Simmons. Uh, because he's a good passer. He's not as good as Ben Simmons, obviously, when it comes to passing. But he's good at the little stuff when it comes. He's good at driving. He's good. He's good. For a he, shooting guard, like that little aspect. with Jonathan Simmons is that he can't shoot. Like, if you're a shooting guard, you need to shoot. But anyway... Um, that magic aside, I just think the Orlando Magic needed a point guard and they got their point guard and now they're hoping the Mark Elfolds recovers. And obviously, uh, well, I don't think obviously, but um, AD has not gone anywhere. Right. So we got conflicting reports at the start of the week that a- if AD wasn't traded, he was going to sit out the whole season. Until recently, that, that was our assumption. Now, um, Rich Paul has put out um, the guy that is Rich Paul, and Adrian Wojnarowski put out a statement that Anthony Davis will play depending on the game and depending on the schedule, um, and that he won't set out the season like um, ESPN first reported at the start of the week. And this just means that this this from this from Dell Demps, who is the GM for the New Orleans Pelicans, is a, it's just a massive middle finger to um, to the Lakers, which just means that the La- the Lakers got five trade offers rejected for Anthony Davis in the past three days, five trade offers, which is, which really surprised me, which, which means trading nearly half their roster for Anthony Davis and some cap filler. Now, with with Anthony Davis, this just opens up the floor to um, to um, in the summer, um, where he can now be traded um, to the Boston Celtics, who have the best assets purely for um, for Anthony Davis. However. Does Anthony Davis really want to re-sign with Boston? Now, now, now there have been four teams that Anthony Davis wants to go to. One is obviously the Lakers. The second one is the Clippers. 
because I think Rich Paul does want him in the Los Angeles market to make him a bigger star. Because I think if he doesn't get into, I mean, obviously he can't get traded right now. But if anything, I think he'll get a, a con. A, he'll be in free agency and be able to get to the Clippers. Yeah, but yeah, but then that's in two years' time. He won't be a free agent this summer. Do mind my uh, lack of knowledge sometimes. I do um, not remember. Because the, 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 the thing is, what and also what happens is really interesting, is that. Now, if they can sort out this situation and New Orleans can talk Anthony Davis back to being a Pelican, the, the fact is this summer, the New Orleans has the opportunity to offer Anthony Davis the biggest NBA contract in NBA history. $305 million and plus, for the extra year, another $120 million. Which overall, after probably about in 2025, where when the contract is added to his new 2022, when his contract is added upon the other contract, which means that he could be that he could have gained in five years 500 million from the New Orleans Pelicans. I am still surprised. I still want to see if. Anthony Davis can be that dumb and reject that amount of money this summer. How? I mean, yes, if you do reject a contract like that, you probably have to be the most stupidest person in the world. But However, it really depends on how much Le- and how much Rich Paul, who is the mastermind behind everything Los Angeles related and Clutch Sports, want him in the LA market. I want to point out though. It has been, uh, I think it was about a week or two weeks ago, that AD mentioned he wants a team where he can have legacy. And whether New Orleans, a legacy and uh, where he can get win championships, whether New Orleans can provide that, I don't think so. I mean, obviously, if he gets a contract like you explained, it is hardly a doubt that he will say no to that because that is... A huge no, he contract. Would. The thing is, if he's adamant to play for for a winner, he will say no. But the thing is, it's interesting whether this summer, the most interesting team going into the summer is the New Orleans Pelicans, will and the Washington Wizards. Clippers. Will they? Tra- no. Will New Orleans trade everything and and Drew Holiday included, or will, or will, will will they want to rebuild around Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball? Very interesting situation for me, as uh, a New Orleans Pelicans fan. I, I cannot wait to get Brandon Ingram on the back of my jersey or Jason Tatum. <laughs> um, I, from the start, I mentioned to you, I think, and um, overall talking to uh, my peers, he is ne- he was never going to get traded to the Lakers. Never in his uh, life. Well, um, never no, in that. No, tra- he could still get no, traded. No, I'm saying. In no, I meant. Summer, but he, he wasn't going to get traded in, in yeah, ten days. He was definitely not going to get traded in that short period of time. Um, whether he was going to get traded, probably not, and clearly shown here. Um, in the summer, what I believe is going to happen, uh, he will either be traded to the LA Clippers, which the LA Clippers have to give something huge, or. Yeah, but- because I don't yeah, think... but the thing is, with the LA Clippers, they do, they have no more trade assets now. The thing that I think what the Clippers are relying on is that they either get a combination of Kevin Durant, Jimmy Butler, who is also a free agent, and I'm not sure that him staying with Philly is 
a done deal. Um, Kevin Durant, Jimmy Butler, Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker, or Kawhi Leonard, that they've been banking on getting one of those five Supermax players, and or two of them at least, and then one All Star. I and tra- trading wise. I think they still have assets like Danilo Gallinari, but they don't have enough asset sets to make a deal. I um. But realistically, trade-wise, the only two team, the only two teams that could make a deal are the Lakers and the Celtics. I did have something in mind I wanted to point out, but I've forgotten it already. Um, right, uh, my my co-podcaster slash cripple one is useless. Yes, I do have. I'm pretty sure I have memory loss. I don't actually. I don't think it's confirmed, but I'm pretty sure. Right. Um. Maybe. Maybe an extra side effect of the disability. Um. That is pretty much it with today's episode. Uh. Thank you very much for listening to everyone. Everyone. Uh. Please do check out our social media: our Instagram, Twitter, Anchor Podcast. Um. I have actually learned that Anchor Podcast. It. Um. Give it puts your podcast on many stations: Google Play, Stitcher. Um, I, I, um, I can't mention all of them, but I they do put it on quite a lot. So if you are uh, going to set up a podcast, I do recommend using. Um, like sponsor us, Anchor. <laughs> please, please. Um, uh, as usual, uh, as I said in midway, uh, we are going to shout out. So first of all. Without um, his help... Andre Drummond and Stan Johnson for being terrible parents. But before... You've said it already, but one more to point out. Wojnarowski. I want to thank you. Like Without him, nobody would know about these trades right now. Literally every single trade is... The people would know, but they would know us quickly. Wojnarowski has been so useful, especially for us right now. Um, That is pretty much it for our... Our Our main man, Woj. Main man, Woj. Keep it going, Woj. Main man, Woj. Maybe we can invite him one day. One um, day. Although, one yes, disclaimer, day. actually. Uh, we are trying to um, get some sort of guest to come uh, talk to you uh, guys. Um, comment down right, below. Right, you did tell me about this. I'll let right. you know. I'll let you know. Don't worry. <laughs> right, you let me know in the middle of podcasting. <laughs> our, our connection is genuine. He never... T- like, he didn't... No joke, he didn't tell me this. So tell me more. I'm going to... Pl- I'm going to play off like I knew it all all this time but t- t- tell us more um well there's not really much to say apart from the fact that uh, if if there's anybody that people um think that we should uh, introduce and obviously not someone huge like Stephen A or Wojnarowski as we said already but um some sort of basketball mastermind that you think that um would be worthy of this has been the bro you know podcast and from from um Cripple 1 and Cripple 2. Bye-bye. See ya.